Coming up on this episode, Lisa from The Novel Approach and Jay from Joyfully Jay are here with book recs for your springtime reading. Welcome to episode 298 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. I'm Will Knaus, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Rainbow Romance readers. We are so glad that you could join us for another episode. Now, before we jump into the recommendations, we've got a bit of holiday news. This is fun. And you know what? We aren't going to talk about Easter. Which is just around the corner. We're going to be jumping forward into our favorite time of year, Christmas. So after three LGBTQ Christmas movies last season, with Lifetime's The Christmas Setup, Paramount Network's Dashing in December, and Hulu's Happiest Season, Netflix announced this past week that it is going to be giving us the gift of a gay romance this coming holiday season. Now let's talk about this amazing cast that they have lined up for a movie called Single All the Way. You've got Ugly Betty's Michael Urie. Hallmark Channel Christmas movie star Luke McFarlane, Schitt's Creek star Jennifer Robertson, and for those of you who don't recognize the name, she played Jocelyn. We've got Barry Bostwick, Kathy DeJimmy, and Jennifer Coolidge. Oh my God. Now, the plot that they're going to do here also happens to be one of our very favorite things. We're going to have the fake relationship. Now, it seems Peter, who's going to be played by Michael Yuri, wants to avoid his family's judgment over his continued single life. So, of course, he convinces his best friend to come home with him for Christmas. However, his mom has already planned to set him up with a blind date with James, who will be played by Luke McFarlane. I can't wait to see this. This cast list is amazing. Netflix does good Christmas movies already, so, you know, it's only nine months until Christmas. <laughs> so let's just hurry up and get there already. <laughs> Before we get to the book recommendations from Jay and Lisa, let's take a moment to hear from Franny and Sophie from Girls Like Us, which is another show in the Frolic Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Franny. And I'm Sophie. And we're the hosts of Girls Like Us. On the Frolic Podcast Network, you can check us out every Monday asking the question, what does a degree in literature get you? With The Answer, a podcast about children's books. We cover the click, Pretty Little Liars. And just random YA books sent to us by listeners. New episodes come out every Monday. Bye! As always, I had a blast talking with Jay from Joyfully Jay and Lisa from The Novel Approach. They've got something for nearly every taste coming up. We've got romantic suspense. We're going to do historicals, contemporary, steampunk, urban fantasy, along with a couple of titles that they're looking forward to in the coming months. Hang on to your book budgets, folks, because here we go. Jay and Lisa, welcome back. It's wonderful to have you here. Happy spring. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much. Hi, Lisa. Great to see you guys. It's always our one chance to catch up. I'm excited to hear what you guys have been reading this first part of the year because I feel like so much awesomeness has come out these three months. I read so many things like I'm on a higher trajectory of books read in these three months than I was last year. Even if you put aside any early pandemic holdup in reading, I'm just like blazing through such awesome books this time out. It's great to be able to focus when you're reading now too. I, I exactly. find that, that I'm zipping through books like crazy. Yeah. So Dave, we'll kick it off with you. What's top of your list? 
Sure. Okay. So I tried this time to come up with authors that I don't always talk about because I realized looking back, I tend to focus on the same authors or a lot of the same authors over and over again. So I stretched a little bit here beyond some of the people that I talk about all the time. And so the first book I want to talk about is called The Night Of by Tal Bauer. Yeah. So Tal writes unbelievable romantic suspense and tends to write really long um, series, the um, Executive Office, Executive Power series, and then some really great, in fact, I might have talked about this way, way back when, about the book that talked about Afghan War 9-11, CIA agent Mahush, which is a super long book. But recently, Tal's put out a couple of shorter suspense stories. So good if you want to get a feel for the writing. And The Night Of is a Lovers Reunited story about a secret service agent named Sean who had a very brief relationship with the vice president who is closeted, Jonathan. And we know from the start that something went bad, but we don't know what. So they have really separated and Sean has taken a way back seat in terms of secret service role. And they are at Camp David for a big summit and the president dies by gunshot in his cabin, supposedly all alone. So the mystery here is both how did he get access to a gun or how did somebody get access to a gun there? Everybody believes the president killed himself, but Jonathan, the vice president, who's his best friend, said absolutely not. And he has reason to believe that it was murder. And because they know the nature of the job, they were at Camp David, it's such a high security area that chances are somebody on the inside was involved in some way. They really have to, the two of them, figure this out together without involving a lot of other people who may be the bad guys in disguise. So it's a really fun mystery suspense, the whole case about how they figure out what happened and how the president died and who was behind it all. And then also an interesting romance between the two of them as you slowly learn what happened to, between them this year ago and then see them, of course, find their way back to each other. So a lot of fun romantic suspense and a fun inside the White House, inside the Secret Service type situation that I really liked. That sounds a lot of fun. And I think you've both talked about Tal over time between our segments, too. Tal is an, an author I need to read a lot more of. I've loved, yeah, everything that he's written that I've read. I own so many of his books, but you know how that is. You buy, 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 and there's always that next book. So yeah, I've got to, got I to. just actually got a chance to listen to the Executive Office series, which interestingly is also a, in this case, President and Secret Service agent. And I listened to the first, I guess it's three books in the first series, and then there's a spinoff series. So the main series is out in audio and both series are out in written. So that's gotten wet my appetite. And those are slightly more, I mean, those are like Tom Clancy gay romance, like very much. If you like that style, those books are for sure that sort of very intense political maneuvering, five different plot threads happening at once that sort of all coalesce. This is a little bit simpler and shorter. So it's a good maybe jumping in point if you're not sure you want something so invested and it's a standalone, but yeah, great romantic suspense writer. On the TBR, along with a lot of other Tal books, some of which like Lisa are in my Kindle, yeah. just waiting for attention. <laughs> I have like 50,000 books on there. That, like, <laughs> I, 
it's what I love is when I see a book and I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. And then I go and it's like, oh, you bought this in September of 2014. <laughs> like, oops. I'm glad Amazon has a long memory, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you already bought this. Lisa, what's first up for you? My first pick, I kind of tried to throw some different things into mine as well. A couple of familiar authors that we've talked about, but I also tried to go back a little bit because in when I'm doing these with you all, I usually, it seems like I'm picking what I've read in the moment, like what I've just recently read. And so I went back to January for this one for actually for two of my picks. And this author is, I feel like an author that I have not given nearly enough love to over the years when we've been doing these podcasts. My first pick is His Compass by Con Riley. Again, I like my mystery suspense. I love my urban fantasy. I love fantasy. So I don't tend to gravitate towards contemporary romance a lot, but when I'm going to read a contemporary romance, it's going to be, we've talked about Lily Morton before, Con Riley. She is an author who I will read every book she puts out. I don't even care what it's about. I don't have to read the blurb. If Con's written it, I want it. So His Compass is the second book in a shared world. Each of the books can be read as standalones. And one of the things Khan does so well is she writes these very quiet, lovely books about found family, about grief and loss, about just finding someone against the odds who just becomes the person that you can't see yourself living without. You don't get a lot of flash and bang, but she just writes so beautifully, absolutely gorgeously. She writes the human condition just so, so resonantly. And his compass, again, is the second book in this shared verse. And it's the story of, he's a a captain of a charter yacht, Tom Kershaw. And you meet him in the first book, His Horizon. And uh, Tom has a crewman, Nick, who you don't really meet him on page, but you know of him. And Nick is a kind of flighty, enigmatic kind of guy who was temporarily on, on Tom's crew and just up and left, just completely left without another word. And he shows up again when Tom is asked to see trial a new yacht for the company that he works for to make sure she's seaworthy, to see what kind of upgrades she might need to make her one of the premier charter yachts for the company. Well, turns out that Nick is the crewman on board and Tom has probably rightfully so, some bitter feelings toward Nick because Nick just left him high and dry with an empty spot on his crew. And so you get a little bit of close proximity. You get a lot of close proximity, actually. And it's just a very lovely unweaving of the two men connecting. And there are things that Tom doesn't understand about Nick that Nick does not offer very freely because it's something that he kind of just keeps to himself. They end up having this unexpected connection. I'm not going to give anything away because it's just something you just really, I didn't see it coming. It just furthers their bond just that much more. And it's just, not only does she write characters that are so compelling and so relatable and so 
they're kind of just every guy kind of people. But then she writes in such a way that like when these guys are out on the yacht and they're sailing and you just get the feeling and the atmosphere of what they're experiencing at, at every single moment. And yeah, so this is just a very lovely, she's got several lovely series, her Seattle stories series after Ben, Saving Sean, Aiden's Luck. My favorite of her books will always be Must Like Spinach because what's not to love about a book called Must Like Spinach? But she just, again, it's just a finding family and finding, finding not only a home, but finding someone who means home to you. And that, that is a, a lot of, of what his compass is about as well as, is these two people just finding each other on the high seas and they become each other's North star kind of, and it's just really lovely. So his compass by Con Riley, the third book I'm so excited comes out April 21st is called his Haven and the Lead character you've also met in his compass. So shared world, but you don't necessarily have to read all of the books, but you really should read all of the books because Conrad- really read all of the books. Yeah, Conrad, like, again, I just love her writing so, so much. And I, I feel like I, I have done her a disservice by not singing her praises before now. It says a lot that you put that much into a contemporary, because you're right. If I go back to the list, the number of actual contemporary romances, yeah. like romantic suspense aside and those kind of things, but just right. regular contemporary romance are probably countable on one hand. Yeah. So. Seriously, it's true. I, I do. I tend to like the, the suspense and the action and the danger. And I love horror. I mean, I cut my reading teeth on Stephen King. So I tend to gravitate towards that. But yeah, if someone said, hey, recommend a contemporary author to me. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of her books, really. All right. So I'm going to actually, I don't talk very often about audiobooks. So I'm going to bring back, this is an audiobook that I absolutely loved when I read it a couple of years ago, and then just had a chance to re-experience it in audio, I think it, last month. And that is Band Sinister by KJ Charles. Loved the book. I think it was one of my best of the year at the time. And I sometimes you forget how much you love something until you read it again. And then you'll remember like, oh my God. So I listened to this on audio. The premise of the story is one of the characters, Guy Frisbee, his family had, this is a historical, I should clarify, had a big scandal that basically threw them out of society. And as a result, he and his sister Amanda now live in a small village, pretty much at the mercy of a wealthy aunt who supports them because Amanda has been shamed and he is not able to get additional work. And she says to them, you need to hide out here in the corner and don't let anybody see you because you're an embarrassment. And but for the sake of my sister, I'll support you. So Amanda has written this gothic novel that is loosely based on their very well-known neighbor, Lord Philip Rookwood. But what is interesting is that it's Philip's brother and Guy's mother that had this big scandal. So the families are very much feuding. And Philip is part of what they call a group that's called the Murder, which is a group of scandalous artists, philosophers, political thinkers, people of different race and religion that society generally thinks are all inappropriate and they don't really much care what society thinks of them and have this very close friendship, but that it has this very scandalous reputation. So Amanda's very intrigued and she writes this gothic novel where this 
Philip character is the is the villain and she falls off of her horse and severely breaks her leg on Philip's property and so they have no choice but to stay there and so Guy of course has to come with her because otherwise she's a woman alone with a man in their house so that's a setup which is a little complex but what so the bottom line is it gives Guy not only exposure to Philip and to ease this feud and to get to know each other and fall in love, but it also sets up sort of the exposure of Guy to the world outside his very insular life. And he's very much, you follow the rules and what people think of you is very important because he grew up under this big shadow of scandals. So he's very concerned with others' impressions of him and living this regimented life, but this life is killing him because he can't do anything that he wants and go where he wants. And again, under the mercy of this aunt and Philip and his friends are this sort of, like I said, this group that doesn't really care much what society thinks. And through their, his association with Philip, Guy suddenly comes into his own and claims the life he wants and gets all of these new ideas about science and medicine and all these things that they're talking about and starts out this shy, sheltered virgin, and lo and behold, that doesn't last long, and had never really even thought about the idea that he could be with a man, although secret thoughts, but not realistic thoughts. So the story is great, and romantic, and sexy, and just really fascinating to read about people who are considered on the fringe of who believed in geology and the earth was formed instead of created by God and just all of these concepts that were like heresy at the time. But then the audio by Cornell Collins, I think really adds a lot to it because one of the really fun parts of the book is seeing the way the, the members of the murder interact and they have this banter and this irrelevance around each other. They challenge each other, they speak out, they interrupt each other. And he does such a great job, characters from different countries. So there's lots of accents and people who are talking over each other and around each other. And he really captures that well, which is a lot of fun, as well as being able to do a good job with Amanda, which is not always easy to have a major side character who's a woman. So I really thought, I mean, I loved the book the first time, but I really thought that the um, audio was very well done and really enhanced the story. And if you if you like historicals, I would say for sure this is one to grab because it's just a great story. And like I said, romantic and sexy, but also just a really interesting... KJ Charles always gives such a good picture of like the politics and the setting and the life that's going on at the time. And definitely in this book, you get that sense too of what is considered societal norms and what's outside of that and how those two things are playing in this story. Yeah, Will's having a, a year of historicals, as he's calling it, to really kind of get back into historical fiction more than he's been. And for the January book club pick, we read An Unseen Attraction by K.J. Charles. Mm, yes. And absolutely loved it. And you're so right how K.J. just nails those small pieces about what life is like what the politics are like what mm -hmm. class is like in these books yes it was such yeah. a good story i want to read more in that series because i love those oh, yes. characters the whole series is great. Yeah. but i also want to move into other books as yeah. well because each one of them seems to have their own little interesting thing that just wants to pull me into them. And I think there, there's certainly more on Will's list from KJ yeah. as well. I started years ago with the Magpie series, yeah. which is <laughs> one of my all-time favorites, which is a paranormal historical and features the same three characters, but I've loved everything. You know, and in fact, I may have talked about the Robin Hood. Did I talk about that last time? 
maybe not. Mm -hmm. And now I'm blanking on the name of the book, but that also, again, talked about class and culture and the role of women often comes up. In this case, it is partly the scandal and the way that you do something that's perceived wrong and you're immediately shunned, but also the fact that the doctor is, you know, a Spanish doctor, he's also Jewish and he has very liberal progressive medical ideas. And then their family doctor, who's just like bleed them all and very, the way that you see what was considered like new ideas and new politics, new culture, and how that's sort of butting against the time, the sort of very traditional ideas at the time. Yeah. My favorite of her characters still to this day is Simon Fexamol. Awesome. <laughs> love him so much. And then when he did the crossover with Whiteboard Griffin, that was so great. <laughs> the crossover, yeah, with the Whiteboard Griffin story series. Yeah. Yes, for sure. KJ never overwrites her historicals and she never underwrites them. She always just has that very just everything is just perfectly nuanced. So you get the feeling of the time, but yet it's not like, okay, we get it. Let's move on. She's just such an amazing author. All right. Well, this book, we actually talked about, I think it was like last quarter. This is the sequel to C.S. Poe's The Engineer. And yeah, it's called The Gangster. And it also came out in January. And this book gave me such a hangover. (laughs) I was like, oh my Carol, what have you done to me? (laughs) But so she is carrying on steampunk. That's another one of my faves. I've loved steampunk since the minute I picked up Gail Carriger's The Parasol Protectorate series many years ago. And so, so this book continues on with her very much opposites attract kind of characters. Gillian Hamilton, who is a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Magic and Steam, and Gunner the Deadly, Constantine Gunner, who is this outlaw. This is Gunner and Gillian back together again, and they are working against the clock, so to speak. There is a new bad guy in town, a criminal, and his name is TikTok, which is just so great. Steampunk gears, cogs, TikTok. And so they are working together to basically try to save the city. And there are some things that come out at the end that made me like, are you kidding me? You're leaving me with this cliffhanger, Carol. How could you do this to me? But she really, uh, again, this is another example of an author who takes us a, a city that we know and just, well, it's historical, first of all, obviously, right. too, but uh, it is a, a kind of this real world feeling with all of these outworld sort of gadgets and gizmos and she just put her imagination to work so beautifully. And we talked about how in The Engineer, which was a novella, how beautifully she built that world in so few words. And she really continues to just build on that in this book. And it's just, it's suspenseful. It's got just danger and tons of action and her action scenes where, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but 
catastrophic things are happening and you just get so sucked in and my heart was racing and I couldn't turn the pages fast enough. The relationship between Gunner and Gillian is still in the building stages and still in the growing stages. And then we get to that ending and we'll get to see in the next book where she takes these two and where she takes that particular bombshell she dropped at the end. So just, just, Lots of fun, lots of action, lots of suspense, tons of imagination, great characters. So yeah, yeah, The Gangster, C.S. Poe, excellent book. Yeah, I think I talked about The Engineer on the podcast and I continue to just love the two of them together. I mean, as much as I agree like that the the suspense and the setting and everything, they're dynamic. I don't know, for whatever reason, like I just completely fell in love with them together. And I'm so into this dynamic that they have with each other. I love the way they work together. I love their relationship. I'm so, I'm like so invested in them. Yeah. It's not like the black hat, white hat, old Western kind of good guy, bad guy thing. But there is, Gunner kind of has that old Western kind of, not villain, but he's the kind of dark horse, whatever you want to call him. And then you've got Gillian, who is an officer of the law and how they've come together is just really great. Yeah. yeah. And you were talking about the setting. My One of my favorite pieces was when he goes to Grand Central Station or the version of it and describes the airships that are parking at the top and how it's this multi-level thing and the ships come in and the, and it just, I thought it was so clever the way that she reimagined something that almost everybody has seen or seen pictures of and turned it into this steampunk version of it. And it was so clever. You can picture the levels of platforms that are parked and docked at the different levels of the platforms. That was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was so great. All right, so I'm going back to my old favorite, which is Urban Fantasy. This is a new author, I believe a debut author, and first book in a new series. It's called Dark Flame by Cat Silver. And the setup for the book is the main character, Michael Blakely. He's having all of these weird things happening, electronics shorting out around him. He's feeling weird. He's feeling like super horny and sex charged, like something is off, but he doesn't know what or why. And he's out one night and he sees this sort of hot Viking looking guy, but he's never, I mean, not interested in men, just notices this guy who looks a little atypical and Michael's attacked and the guy, Gabriel Flanagan, ends up rescuing him and reveals to him that he is of a group of people called who are flame-born, meaning that they have the ability to control this sort of supernatural um, energy called the flame. And Michael... Most people who have this ability learn long before now and also have family who have these same abilities. So he is rare in that he's coming into it having no idea what's happening to him or why all the, he's having all these weird side effects. So Gabriel is the guide into this world and brings him to their compound where Gabriel oversees this group who are in charge of the guardians, who are in charge of training people and policing this whole sort of supernatural group. And Michael, because he's coming into this so late, no idea what he's doing, he's all out of whack. So he's dangerous to himself and to other people until he gets through this initial period, which means that he has to be kept, I guess, kept locked down, which of course he does not like and causes 
a lot of conflict between him and Gabriel. And at the same time, there is an antagonist, Alexei, who is a fae-vampire combo. And he, for reasons that we learn, Michael is very drawn to him to the point that even though he knows he's the bad guy and is trying to kill everybody, finds himself really compelled to want to be with him. So this is another reason that Gabriel and the gang have to keep him locked down because he can't control this compulsion. So the story has a dual conflict. There's the battle with Alexei and there's a you know sort of big battle at the end, huge fight scenes. And the fact that he's trying to use Michael and lure him in and manipulate him in this battle that he has a good and evil battle. And then there's the conflict between Gabriel and Michael as they work through this enemies to lovers type situation. It's also an out for you book in that Michael hasn't previously been into men and he's very drawn to Gabriel. One of the things I thought was interesting is that this is a book that's like super high chemistry, but also super slow burn because it's, I don't want to say it's like a heat kind of situation, like in an impreg, but I think it's slightly akin to that in that he's not necessarily in control of himself all the time. He's having to be locked down. And so Gabriel is very conscious of not taking advantage of Michael in this sort of vulnerable state. And Michael is not so sure how he feels about getting involved with this guy who he doesn't sure he even really likes, but yet is super drawn to. So I thought it was an interesting skill on the author's part that she was able to create this tension between incredibly high chemistry, even though it's not a particularly sex-filled or physical book, and that the development happens very slowly over the course of the story. So we get a happy for now ending, and it's the first of a series, so... I know that more will develop. But one thing that was I thought was particularly fun is that the author also wrote a short story novella called Two Nights and a Day. And this is a period that's referenced in the book about how Michael is basically like out of his mind in this sex haze craziness. And he doesn't really remember what happened during that time. And so this is a short story that actually fills in that blank that we didn't get in the main book. It's a freebie that you can get on the author's website and it is like super erotica. So it's funny because the book really isn't. And then if you want like that giant piece of heat that you missed in the middle, you can go back and you definitely want to read this after because it does spoil some events of the book. But it's an interesting, aside from being incredibly sexy, there's a bittersweet quality because Gabriel and Michael are falling for each other in this encounter, but Gabriel knows that as soon as Michael comes back to himself, he's gonna have forgotten it. So we know because we've read the book, how after this, Michael has no memory of what's happening and they slowly fall in love more naturally. But in this story, we see Gabriel having these real tender feelings and Michael in return that he's going to forget as soon as it's over. So it's an interesting dynamic, the way she makes that little piece of a story. And as long as you're comfortable with the high heat, I think it really rounds everything out nicely because it gives you that little dip into something that's referenced in the book, but isn't actually covered in detail. And you get this sort of backstory woven in afterwards. So again, that was Dark Flame by Cat Silver, first in the series. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes. And I was really impressed for, you know, debut author. It's a really great book and it seems to be getting a lot of buzz so i'm excited about it that's fantastic always good to hear about new authors putting out some amazing stuff yeah. especially in a genre you like so well yes, of urban yes, fantasy i have missed that book so i'm gonna have to check that out 
Yeah, take a look. It has a really pretty cover too. All right. My last book is the book that I picked for my most anticipated book in our end of the year podcast, Jordan L. Hawk's Blind Tiger. Yeah, it just came out this month. And this is a continuation of or a spinoff of his Hexworld verse, except where Hexworld was set in the 19th century, this series and this book leaps that world ahead into the 20th century, into the 1920s. And so we're talking prohibition era, speakeasies, rum running, gangsters, the streets of Chicago, no, no Al Capone or Babyface Nelson or Dillinger or whomever in the books, but it's very much got that gangland gangster vibe. And so this particular book features a, a guy named Sam who ends up in Chicago. He's a small town, sweet, soft you would say naive fish out of water, ends up in Chicago kind of on a whim. It was definitely not a planned trip, but there is a whole backstory for Sam that inspired him to come to Chicago where he has a cousin who lives there. And so he's staying with his cousin and Sam finds himself suddenly in the midst of a murder and he has gone to a a speakeasy called The Pride and he encounters a family, the Gotti family, who owns and, and operates the speakeasy. And Alistair is a cheetah familiar who recognizes Sam as his witch. Well, Sam has no idea he's a witch because he's never tested to be a witch. It was something that was very much forbidden in his family life in this small little Illinois town and his parents never show up on page, but they're just absolutely hideous, odious people. And I hated them and they never even were on the page. So go Jordan for making that. But so, so Alistair is, I might say a survivor of world war one. He came home, not unscarred. He has some post-traumatic, what they called shell shock back then, but what we know now is post-traumatic stress. And there was an event that happened to him and the witch that he was bonded to that subsequently it ended tragically. And Alistair has vowed that he will never, ever bond with another witch. And so through the investigation of this murder and the crime boss over the territory where the pride is located, there is very much a race to find this one particular hex that Sam's cousin was kind of double dealing. And so there's brewing gang war getting ready to start. And the relationship between Alistair and Sam is not an easy one because of Alistair's post-trauma and Sam being kind of just so naive. And he's, you don't see him as a strong person at the beginning, but then you suddenly see this spine of steel emerging when he finally finds this place where he feels like he's fitting in for the first time in his life. Jordan, his atmosphere in his books, uh, the settings are just always such a big 
part of almost a character in his books. And he does that with Chicago in the 1920s, just so beautifully, just kind of draws you into what it must have been like back then with gangsters driving down the street and spraying Tommy gun fire in this brewing gang war. And it's just, he, I, I was anticipating this book. I had no doubt that he was going to wow me with it. And he absolutely did. He absolutely did. So Blind Tiger, Jordan L. Hawk, he really extends this world. And it's not a replica of, of the Hex world. It's its own verse. And it, he just really blew me away. Great book. Yeah, I liked the time jump as well as the Hex world is New York and is a law enforcement theme, whereas this is Chicago, different timing and civilians, I guess you'd call them, although obviously still the witch and familiar. So I like that he took the pieces, the core of how the world works, the idea of hexes, the witch familiar bond, and brought it into another time, another place, another atmosphere, and picked that up really well. Yeah, well, it's so great. And you're dealing with law enforcement in Hex World, and you're dealing with gangsters and the gangland wars and stuff of Chicago in the 1920s. It's just, he really, he melds the, the magic beautifully, but they're completely separate verses. He didn't, yeah. he didn't just write a replica of the, the Hex World in the 20th century. Great book. I need to read that. Because I've, I've been, not only do I love the cover, I think the cover yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, but absolutely. setting it in Chicago in the Roaring Twenties just mm -hmm. interests me quite a lot to see a spin of magic and witches and stuff. So as we head towards wrapping up, let's talk a little bit about something that you're excited that's coming in the next few months. Jay, what's on your radar? So I'm looking forward to Silent Night by Layla Rain. This is the fifth book in her Fog, yes, see, in her Fog City series. The first three books, this is a law enforcement assassin trilogy, the first three books, and they feature the same couple throughout. And then that series finished up maybe a year or so ago. And then Layla's added two new books, Queen's Ransom, which just came out a little bit ago, which features Hawes's sister, Helena, and her love interest. This is a, a lesbian female story. And then now Hawes's brother, Holt, the three siblings are really the core of the series and the relationship they have there. They're an assassin family and they run an assassin business and Holt is the techie and he has gone through a lot of trauma, which I won't spoil in the event that you haven't read the first three books. We learn a lot about Holt's background and he is paired with Kane, who we learn over time. The two of them have been friends for years and Kane is a police officer in the city and they don't really run afoul. He looks the other way at a lot of the things the Madigans are doing and they have definitely a working relationship with him. But then we, as we learn, Holt and Kane have a past and in Queen's Ransom, we actually do get even a little bit more of a tease. We can see both of these guys are upset and something clearly has happened between them in the subsequent time between the third and the fourth book. So I'm really excited for the fifth story to see that these are characters we've been following all along and we've definitely been teased that something happened and finding out exactly what that is. So I'm really excited for that. It comes out May 3rd and that's Silent Light by Layla Rain in the Fog City series. I cannot wait. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I loved Queen's Ransom. I reviewed that back in episode 294. 
because I, I loved Helena for so many reasons that I was glad to get her story. But Holtz, I've been waiting for since the beginning because he's always been an intriguing character. And then with what went down in the original trilogy, if you haven't read that, everybody go read it. I needed to see him come out on the other side. Yes, for sure. So I am so eager to get my hands on that book. Yes. Lisa, what's on your anticipation list? All right. Well, I chose a book called All Fired Up. And you're familiar? Yeah. <laughs> I have it uh, sitting in my TBR right now. I have it as well. So Jen Burke wrote an, an urban fantasy series called Not Dead Yet. And it is set in Toronto, right? I'm not mistaken. It's Toronto. Yeah. So this is Canadian urban fantasy. So, but so it's a world of vampires and all Fired Up is book one in the new Ashes and Dust series. So this is a spinoff from the Not Dead Yet series. And Evan Fournier is going to be the lead character. He was introduced in the Not Dead Yet trilogy. And he is going to be the lead character in this new set of books. I was so in love with the Not Dead Yet series and the imagination between the vampire who falls in love with the guy who's not quite dead, but he's also not really alive. And all of the things that they got involved in and mixed up in and the action and again so much action and suspense and great romance. It was a second chances romance. I was so in love with that trilogy that I'm interested to see where she's going to take Evan now and see where she's going to expand her vampire world to and introduce some new characters. So that comes out May 18th from Karina Press, all fired up by Jen Burke. That one's in my TBR too, because I, I haven't done the original trilogy, even though it's lurking somewhere on my Kindle, but I thought I'm going to jump into this one character in the original trilogy because he's this sort of baby vampire that gets turned into a vampire and is suddenly thrust into this world in the first series so I think it's going to be really interesting to see him as the lead because he's a prominent side character but he also had this traumatic introduction to coming into this world and suddenly having his life changed and then he's coming into himself as the books continued so I'm really eager to see him take on that lead role and how his journey is going to continue. It just sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and if it's anything like the Not Dead Yet trilogy it is it's going to be fantastic so yeah hopefully we get to see some cameos too from the other guys. Fantastic. Well, I think we've probably done some damage to a lot of people's TBRs, which is what we set out to do. <laughs> we'll, of course, have links to all of the books that we've talked about, plus the reviews from your websites in the show notes so that everybody can find all that material. As always, thank you so much. It's such a blast talking to you both about books every single time. And we will do it again at the end of June as we wrap up Pride Month then. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you as always for having us, Jeff. This episode's transcript has been brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read the conversation for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com. And don't forget, the show notes page also has links to everything that we've discussed in this episode. On the show notes page, you'll also find notations for a number of books that are available from Libro.fm, including titles from KJ Charles, Tal Bauer, Layla Rain, Gail Carriger, and Jen Burke. When you get an audiobook from Libro.fm, you're supporting a local bookstore of your choice, so we'll hope you'll give them a try. The Libro.fm app is super easy to use, 
Plus, as a listener of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, you're eligible to get started with a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one. To get details on that deal, simply head on over to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash librofm. That's L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And thanks so much to Jay and Lisa for sharing their book recs. So much good stuff there. As always, I have added to my TBR in a number of ways, and I'm looking forward to reading some great books in the coming months. All right. I think that'll do it for now. Coming up on Thursday in episode 299, we've got some book reviews, and we're going to be telling you about some of the titles that we're looking forward to in the month of April. Yes, it's a whole week of book recommendations here on the show, so we'll see you on Thursday, and you'll find out what we're looking forward to. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, please stay strong, be safe, and above all else, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our original theme music is composed by Daryl Banner. <laughs>